на трибунах олеют знамена, Облака под небесни плывут. На зеленом ковре стадиона разноцветные майки цветут. Hello and welcome back to a special episode of the RFM podcast. In our third European Club Preview special, I'm your host as always, James Nichols, and this week I'm joined by Ricky Menendez of both Esto Es Atleti, a weekly podcast on all things Los Rojas Blancos, and Maneras de Vivir, a weekly Atleti radio show. So, good morning, Ricky. Hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm not too bad at all. I'm a, a little bit excited for this one, and of course, Atleti and Locomotive know each other incredibly well over the last few years. Uh, this is, of course, the third time in four years that Atleti and Loco have been drawn together in either the Europa League quarterfinals or Champions League group stages. And unsurprisingly, Atleti have won all four pre- of these previous occasions with an aggregate scoreline of 12 to 1. <laughs> now, before this run of fixtures, the pair had only ever played once before in history, and that was a 3-3 draw in the single-legged 2007-8 Champions League group stages. So if we just jump straight into it... Atleti are currently second in the group, having lost to Bayern in the opening game week and then rather expectantly defeating RB Salzburg. So how have Atleti played in these two games? Well, the thing is that the the um, Champions League stint so far has been uh, quite disappointing for Atletico. We, we've um, accumulated probably the two worst games of the season um, in terms of of creating football and, and, and being... Um, a decent rival for the for the other side, um, especially the the Bayern Munich uh, game was was terrible, a, a, a night to forget um, for for all the the Atletico players. And I, I think the um, feeling that I got when when we when we faced uh, Lokomotive and um, other other matches is that the difference is probably um, much narrower than the the 12 one aggregate that you were talking about i think that the same thing applies to the to the bayern munich atletico match atletico is is used to being uh, a more competitive side and it was rather surprising for atletico fans to uh, to walk away with that with that 4-0 that is that, that is so painful for for a club that is not used to receiving so many goals uh, um, at all so um, regarding yeah. the game against Salzburg, um, I was expecting that to be a comfortable match because, um, well, we 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 played against their well, let's say their 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 bigger brothers, uh, um, um, the Leipzig, uh, Red Bull Leipzig in in the Champions League, and and we know how bad that went uh, for Atletico, um, and and I was expecting um, the team to be. Uh, much more competitive, uh, much more intelligent. The way they uh, they face the the opponent's um, tactical scheme. But the thing is that Atletico was never comfortable in that match, and despite mm, uh, coming away with a win, which was absolutely necessary for for Atletico's aspirations in the competition, which you know are are to uh, try to squeeze themselves in at least in the in the last eight. Uh, that that would be. That everything that goes beyond the last sixteen would be acceptable. If you pass the last eight, it's it starts to smell like success, and and um, that's that's where Atletico's comfort zone is. So having so many problems in the group stage is is not is not a sign of good times to come for this for this group stage qualification. So I'm not very sure whether Atletico Madrid is going to. Um, 
present their best uh, side because even though in Liga, in the uh, domestic competition, it is being a very competitive team, it does seem to have problems uh, finding its its feet on um, in on European uh, soil. Yeah, and it could be perhaps that Atletico are one of those teams where, as they progress in the competition, they perhaps grow with confidence. No, and I, the, don't know. The... I don't know. In the Maybe. case of Atletico, Atletico is normally very used to starting off very strong, slumping mm-hmm. tremendously uh, around November, <laughs> December, um, barely surviving the, the January stretch and then coming back very strong uh, at the end of the year. Atletico has has faced a lot of renovation in the last um, in the last times, and they're struggling in certain key positions. Um, pay attention to the backs, to the to both the left back and especially the right back. Uh, Kieran Trippier is um, he's a, a a Spurs player. You probably know him very well. Uh, he's struggling yeah. tremendously this year. Uh, he was quite good when he when he first arrived. Um, started to, to fall back in his performance. And this year he's being highly criticized because of his um, lack of perform, lack of defensive performance more than um, his, his offensive um, uh, um, uh, capacity to add to the squad. Uh, people are, are starting to doubt whether um, Trippier is a future starter or if he's um, a player that uh, Atletico should find a replacement um, in the starting position. It's gotten that bad. Mm-hmm. To be honest, that's not too surprising <laughs> to hear, especially considering uh, he is playing week in, week out for England during internationals, mm-hmm. and Gareth Southgate does have a, a proclivity to play players who are, let's say, out of form at best quite a lot of the time. But that's something I'll, I'll, I've got a little bit of a question on on that, but I'll get to that in a, in a quick second. But first of all, it's Simeone. Mm-hmm. So how is how is Diego Simeone faring in charge of late? Of course, he's playing been there for a very long time now, and. I won't expect Atleti to line up like this against Loco, but in general, say in the Bayern game, do they still play in the same sort of industrial and quite defensive first style? Um, I I I, I doubt that because um, Europe, and I think that's that's probably the key to why they struggle in in Europe because while um, in the domestic championship. They, they have an expectation of what type of rivals they're going to face and what type of problems they're going to have. It's just a different story. When, when you when you face European rivals that you're not used to playing against and you're not very sure what type of, 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 of uh, style they're going to play, uh, um, uh, they're going to use. And um, Simeone has, has uh, changed the way that he... Um, that he starts a team. For example, the Bayern Munich team, uh, match was absolutely surprising because Atletico is normally very, very conser- conservative when when it comes to um, visiting uh, the the bigger stages and and visiting the the, the rivals that are uh, that 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 um, that that are very powerful like Bayern Munich and in 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 the hope of not um, conceding. Uh, too many goals and having an opportunity to to come away with with a win or a draw at the end of the match, but they, um, Simeone didn't do that uh, against Bayern Munich and, and was and was very brave and tried to uh, play um, um, a, a match uh, trying to um, beat Bayern Munich to the possession of the of the ball and that was not a good idea and it did not come out well and that's that 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 that's a reflection of the score. 
uh, of that of that match against Salzburg. Um, it, there were like phases where Atletico was trying to be dominant and um, Salzburg was trying to resist against that dominance. At the end of the day, Atletico was um, had a better end of the match at the beginning of the match, which which was quite terrible. I would say that against Lokomotiv, probably they're going to play um, um, very much in Atletico style, uh, a, a quite yeah. conservative first half, and then uh, try to uh, try to play a very strong beginning of the second half. And try to come away with a game at the beginning of the second of the second half. That's that's the typical Atletico style to uh, be very very conservative, um, uh, to draw back the um, the offensive line uh, to um, uh, to very close to their own box, and in the second um, in the second half to be more offensive and 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 um, uh, try to press uh, uh, the, the 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 rival. Um, close to their box and try to uh, come away with with uh, with balls that are that are dangerous close to the uh, to the to the defending goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. It, that's definitely inter- interesting to hear because locomotive themselves in European competition are, are very much defense first. It's all about uh, packing the defense as much as possible, sitting back as of course against the teams that they are drawn with. It's there's only one choice that's, to do that. That's probably the reason why they're unsuccessful against Atletico because when, when Atletico senses that that um, a team would do something like that, they they do take advantage of, of a team that sets back and Atletico does have talented players that, that can um, get the team ahead with one or two goals and when Lokomotiv has to change their style and play Atletico in a different way, that's where Atletico is really going to go for the kill. And that's yeah. that's Atletico's speciality. If if a team is it makes any type of mistakes in terms of of not pressing high enough or not trying to get Atletico into their um, into a defensive stance, if if they have to stretch out and be offensive and they don't have to worry so much about defending, they're going to be very effective when it when it comes to scoring. And once they're ahead, Atletico is is well known for not conceding many goals. Yeah. Yeah, of course. As I mentioned in these in these four games of late, Loco have only scored once against Atletico, and yeah. and to be honest, although although Loco played well against Bayern, um, Bayern's high line because Bayern's high line is so high up the pitch, the defenders are basically playing on the halfway line for for the majority of games that they're playing, and a lot of the time that pins teams back. But Loco actually consider themselves a little bit. Uh, aggrieved not to have gotten a point against Bayern, which sounds crazy wow. because Bayern is so good right now. But they really exposed Bayern's high defensive line and, and got in behind that very well. The uh, Nikolic, the manager, played two right backs on the right hand side in in a, like a Christmas tree formation. And those two right backs just I, every time I they got the ball I've, I've I've had the opportunity to see uh, four matches against uh, Loco and and two of them at at, at uh, the Metropolitano Stadium. And they don't seem to be a, a bad team at all. So that's why um, the the results are so so confusing in terms of of the of the type of team that you see. I think it's 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 rather that um, the style that um, Lokomotiv plays against certain teams is very beneficial mm-hmm. for Atletico style, and they take advantage of uh, of that flaw in in Lokomotiv's uh, defending style. Uh, so I, I'm I'm not surprised at all. Uh, for example, Atletico's result against Bayern is a fluke. It, it shouldn't have happened. And 
Atletico has never, yeah. I think it's only the second time in, in 10 years under Simeone's helm that Atletico has conceded four goals in, in a European uh, match and only, and that's only happened once in, in, in the domestic championship. Yeah, it seems like, to, to with respect to Simeone, it seemed like a little bit of a mistake to try and match Bayern up in that way. And knowing Simeone, he already will have learned from that straight away and probably will rectify that for the next time the two sides play. But is there... Well, l- largely, Simeone has relied on uh, quite a similar core of players for some time now, but Atleti did sign some high-profile players in the summer, such as uh, Lucas Torreira on loan from Arsenal and Luis Suarez from Barca. So I just wondered how some of these new signings are, mm-hmm. are fitting into Simeone's I'm very team. excited about Lucas Torreira. Uh, I have to say that he's extremely low-profile in Spain. <laughs> Barely, um, no one knew about him when when he was uh, going to be signed, and and I have to say that he's going to be such a surprise for people because I I I, I have watched uh, Lucas Torreira play and I, and I love his style. Uh, he's going to be the, exactly the gladiator that Atletico needs in the in the midfield and 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 cover um what the type of players that Atletico has always had in the in the midfield like Gabi. I don't know if you if you remember from other. Uh, previous matchups. Yeah, um, I, I think that Lucas Herrera really fits that style. And um, having lost uh, Thomas Partey to uh, Arsenal, I don't think it's an exact match. Um, we're not getting Lucas Herrera instead of Thomas. Uh, Thomas is a, I think he's a he's a more box to box player. And Lucas Herrera is 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 just a bulldog that you that that can that gets things done in in midfield and <clears throat> doesn't allow. Um, any of the um, uh, of 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 the offensive game to start and the rival, so that's going to free up Koke, and I think that's that's uh, the 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 real um, contribution that that um, Torreira is going to provide to Atletico. Um, the Lu- Lucas Torreira plus Koke formula is is a is an instant success because um, Koke was doing too much for uh, what was expected from him. And and he was just getting worn out every single match, running 10, 11, 12 kilometers per match. And that's just exhausting. It's no, There's no way a, a, a player can perform at wow. peak performance. And the same thing was happening with Saul. So I think that both Saul and, and Koke, very important um, youth talent players from Atletico's academy, are going to benefit tremendously from Lucas Torreira's contribution. I really think that he's going to stay. That's my personal bet, even if it's a one-year loan deal and it's and he's supposed to go back. I think that Atletico is going to press very hard to keep him. And regarding Luis Suarez, well, he's he's an extremely talented player. He's um he just sees where the goal is going to be where the where the opportunity is going to be where he has to um uh, where he has to place himself inside the box but he's 33 and and he does he is coming back from a very serious in- injury and in, in fact I I've been watching him during these last matches and he sort of limps a bit when he's not um um in the center of the action um so I'm not very sure whether he's at, um um, he's ever going to fully recover from from last season's injury that were that were so devastating for for his physique, and I don't know if they're going to be um, threatening for for the longevity of his career. 
yeah, of course, he's getting to the, the wrong end of 30 now exactly. with these sorts of mm-hmm. injuries that are just not kind uh, in the body. For Atletico, he's a perfect player. I mean, uh, getting the opportunity yeah. to sign a player like uh, Suarez or Cavani, one of those players that were um, that Atletico was was negotiating with, that's just a dream come true. It's a, it's a match made in heaven for Atletico, and Atletico are going to benefit uh, of having a, um, a, a talented striker that, that really gets the job done. Um, the Atletico hasn't had ever since the days that Diego Costa left uh, for Chelsea, and the Diego Costa that we got back is a completely different player, for sure. Oh, good. Yeah, I was I was just about to ask about Diego Costa because <laughs> he's, he's of course currently injured, but that that's yeah. that's been the story with Diego Costa. He's been constantly in and out of injuries, and um, he's never reached that that type of of performance. Um, Fernando Torres and 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 Morata and Mandzukic and um, Kalinic and all the players that have uh, tried to fill that uh, that number nine role, um, that that striker role, have all mm, they haven't reached that expectation. And once Griezmann was gone, and 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 the, the amount of goals that Griezmann um, added to the to the tally and that made things work. Um, at the end of the day, it was Griezmann not being the 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 striker, but uh, scoring so many goals that it really didn't matter whether the uh, the the striker was was um, performing at peak performance. Now that uh, Griezmann has been out of the picture for two seasons, that's when you've really started to notice um, the lack of having a, a a goal scorer that contributes with twenty twenty five goals uh, per season because that's that's not this Diego Costa that we have right now, and it's definitely not the Morata that went to Juventus. Um, uh, uh, fans are in general uh, disappointed with Morata's performance at Atletico, and they were more than um, uh, 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 willing to welcome uh, Luis Suarez with open arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with, of course, in in lieu of Costa's injury, and and uh, I, b- I believe that Yannick Carrasco is also out injured. Who yes. would Atletico's danger men be for the tie? Well, I think that Joel Felix is the is the the, <laughs> the name to to mention here. He's um, Atletico's future is, is is based, and I think it'll be built around uh, Joao Felix's talent. Um, he's a um, he's a different player. Um, he reminds me to uh, players like uh, Paulo Futre from the nineties, or um, mm. uh, I think he's that he's that type of player that you yeah, that you have uh, problems describing exactly whether he's a, a striker, a winger. He's a bit of everything, and and he's he's definitely called to be the uh, the leader of Atletico and I think that one of the most relevant players in in the in in the world scenario I think he's he's going to be that uh, top tier kind of player like uh, uh, Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo have been in the in the past years I think he's that good yeah yeah I, th- I think he's absolutely brilliant as well and of course scored two goals against Osasuna just recently wasn't it and yeah and two goals and now... the week before it's it's incredible he's he's just uh, Reach that point of leadership that was expected from him. The Simon is being very, very tough on him, and and um, I think it's part of the the teaching process. He's um, he's come from Benfica, where where he was allowed to do anything and and not have any role in the defensive um, part of the of the game. And and Simon told has kind of told him that recess is over and that it's time to roll up his sleeves and and get some defensive job uh, done. Um, it's it's impossible to be an Atletico player if you're not if you're if you're not very aware of what your defensive task is. That's why Antoine Griezmann was so successful in Atletico because he was he was the 
the first player to attack, but also the first player to defend. And he was um, he was he was a very uh, versatile uh, player. And and Joel Felix is reaching that point where he's uh, starting to overshadow the the memories of Antoine Griezmann. Yeah. Oh wow. Wow. That's good. That's a high praise, of course, mm-hmm. as well. And that's that. As you mentioned there, the the defensive work at Atletico, every player knows it, and it gets drilled into them by Simeone. And that is exactly that Simeone and Atletico mindset is why I fear for Lokomotiv more in this game on the back of the buy-in results for each side. Simeone will have learned from the buy-in game and has already rectified that. I mean, Atleti, Atleti have won, what, three games in a row now. Mm-hmm. And in for Loco in the buy-in match, it was very much get behind that high line and they had a huge amount of opportunities on the counter-attack that they kind of wasted themselves and they really could have scored more than the one goal. And that one goal was very well taken from Anton Milanchuk. Is there anybody that you fear from... Uh, locomotive side. Well, I I think that it's um more than anybody in particular the uh, uh the team as a whole. If if uh, whether um mm. uh, uh, Nikolic has has learned from past uh, lessons that uh, um the way that he's been play, uh, the, the way that Loco has been playing at Letigo is not the the path to follow. Um, I think it's really really easy to uh, uh to 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 draw a pattern of what type of teams. Um, are are huge hiccups for Athletic uh, teams that that have um that that defend uh, with with five players in the defensive line. That's always a huge problem for Atletico because they really um lose track of of which players they have to follow and and how to reorder the the team that that um uh, Christmas tree type type of uh, uh system that you were talking about before. Um, if if you have a a, a five player defensive line, Atletico is going to struggle tremendously. It happens when Atletico played Villarreal at the beginning of the of the season. Villarreal is a highly offensive team, but they decided to go defensively against Atletico, and and they walked away with a with with a point from Atletico's stadium, and they could have walked away with three points because um, uh, they had several opportunities. Um, uh, to counterattack Atletico because they um, the team just gets disordered and 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 they really don't know how to um, how to face that type of rivals. It's 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 curious that after so many years, it's 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 always the same type of teams that that provoke that type of of problems. If the if uh, Lokomotiv uh, makes the same mistake as uh, Atletico made against Bayer of trying to uh, compete in terms of uh, ball possession and and um, uh, try to um, artificially uh, raise the the pressing line um, and and they're not used to doing that um, in in European matches they might suffer uh, against Atletico um, but it all depends I, I think that uh, the case of of uh, Atletico's performance in away matches in Russia is is still a uh, a, a huge uh, question mark because I mean um, sometimes they they perform in an outstanding manner as in uh, against Lokomotiv. Sometimes they they struggle tremendously. Yeah, and what are your expectations for Atleti in the Champions League in general this year? I presume knockout stages at the very least. Yes, knockout stage maybe. Mm. I don't know if if I I I have the feeling that Atletico Madrid is is uh, going to be a competitive side this year. 
I still think they're they're on their way back to being uh, ultra competitive side. So I'm mm. I'm afraid that they they won't they won't have enough uh, firepower to to get to to the last uh, stages to the last knockout stages. But anything that that goes beyond or that matches um, reaching the last eight. Um, it would be a success uh, from in terms of what Atletico's expectations are. Um, anything that that was uh, uh, falling in the first uh, uh, knockout stage or not even reaching knockout stage, that would be a, a disaster, both from the economical point of view and from the reputational point of view, because the expectation have has grown incredibly for Atletico, and they they have very similar expectations to other uh, big uh, sides in in Spain, like. I wouldn't say exactly the same um, expectations at Real Madrid and Barcelona because they're expected to win everything every every single season, which is absolutely ridiculous and paradoxical. <laughs> Not all of them, because someone's going to fail, of course. Um, um, yeah. But uh, they they do have they do have an expectation of being competitive to the very end, and that's that's always the the expectations um, uh, for the fans from the point of view of the board. The board are only going to demand uh, Simeone to. Um, get to the knockout stage and and to qualify for for the next Champions League. So from the point of the view of uh, from the point of view of the of the board, um, the stakes aren't very high because that's they just want to cover cost and 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 maybe uh, make a small profit off of the the Champions League uh, stint. They're looking at it from a from a more uh, business pers- uh, business like perspective from the point of view of the fans the fans would be very disappointed if Atletico w- wasn't able to to reach uh, that at least uh, last eight stage yeah and of of course locomotives expectations are the polar opposites it's it's one of those things when you get a, a top tier elite European club and then a a, a big club in a second tier league, but of course, Lokomotiv are in a second tier league in, in the RPL, and and from Lokomotiv's perspective, it's it's all about just showing face against Bayern and Atletico, putting doing the fans proud, doing the team proud, doing themselves proud, mm-hmm. keeping it close, keeping themselves in the game, and then as much as they can, try and push Salzburg for that third place, but. I mean, to be quite honest, before the group stages had even started, myself and my colleagues at RFN, we had all kind of written Lokomotiv's hopes off because of who they had drawn against. And we've been pleasantly surprised by the performances if the results haven't really went their uh-huh. way yet, not entirely. Um, so in discussing results, it's a little bit of a uh, RFN tradition here that we always go for some predictions. So, what would your predictions be for the game on Tuesday? Well, uh, be, before we get there, um, um, I, I drew a blank when when you asked me about the the players in particular, and or or I forgot to mention, um, there is there is one player on on uh, uh, Loco, Loco's um, um, uh, squad that I've always loved. I don't know, I don't know if he's. Uh, currently very relevant for the team, but Krichoviak is is an excellent player. Mm-hmm. He's he's one of my all time favorite players in in midfield. When he was playing for Sevilla, he was just absolutely fantastic for them. I always I always had the expectation that whether Atletico could could uh, draw him towards uh, towards uh, their team. So um, I I especially like Krichoviak. I don't know if he's playing very much uh, for uh, for Lokomotiv. Yeah. And um, regarding uh, a score. Um, very much an Atletico style. I would, I would uh, bet on a on on a very close win, um, zero to one. 
Mm-hmm. So on, on first on Krakowiak, there has been he, he's been coming been coming under quite a bit of pressure and and some criticism back in his homeland in Poland for his performances for the national team, and we've actually had a a few uh, Polish journalists get in touch with members of the site and and some of our writers in, in asking, well, how is he doing for Lokomotiv and how is he doing in Russia in general? And we're because he's terrible for Poland, wow. and we're just replying quite surprised because he's been Lokomotiv's best player this season and is one of the best midfielders in the league. He's not always 100% defensively. He needs that destroyer next to him. And unfortunately, Lokomotiv's first choice ball-winning midfielder, Dima Baranov, is out for the season with an ACL injury. But Krukoviak is one of the main reasons that makes Lokomotiv tick. In, a, in attack especially, his, his always... The, his sort of big thing in the last couple of years has been that stupendous long shot from wherever it is. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah, he's nearing double figures goals. He's been really a very effective player for Lokomotiv, both in domestically and, of course, with that experience that he's got. He is one of the reasons why Loco are performing better in Europe over the last couple of years than they did three to four years ago when they were truly abject. So he is, he's been really good for, for Lokomotiv and and on my score prediction, I think I'd agree. I think I would go a low scoring 1-0. I think Logo showed that they aren't to be underestimated against Bayern this week, but Atletico should just have enough to continue their winning run. And they're really that the way that Atleti do business, the way that Simeone sets his teams up and gets his teams to play, I think Loco will struggle to try and find any space in behind on the counter-attack like they try like to try and do. And I think if they sit deep it, it like they, they probably will, it, it could come to bite them in the in the foot. Yes, I, I totally agree with your analysis. <clears throat> yeah, so that's that's it, everybody. So for all any Spanish speakers out there, uh, make sure you go and listen to Esto Es Atleti and Manelas de Vivia. Uh, Ricky, where can everybody find yourself and your work online? Well, um, I mean that that's that's basically where I am, and on Manelas de Vivia, where we record a weekly um show, um. We're we're currently repurposing Atleti for uh, as as a monthly um, publication. We're going to start publishing probably around December um, on a monthly basis, a uh, um, a long read type of of, of magazines uh, format, um, just to uh, change uh, things uh, a bit. Um, we've been publishing daily news, and we're going to change the the way that Atleti publishes. And um, in terms of, of uh, Twitter, you can find me at um, Ricky AM. Um, that's my that's my Twitter handle. Yes. Yeah, so once again, um, thank you for joining me, Ricky. And to all the listeners, just keep an eye out for the next episode of the RFM podcast, which will be out later on this week on Friday morning, uh, and that will be reviewing the UCL action before a fortnight break and players international football once again returns. But before that. There is, of course, one more round of Russian Premier League this weekend, and we will discuss all the previews for that on on Friday. Bye for now. Самых ловких и смелых плечок Здесь нужны тренировка и воля Быстрота, увлечение, расчет